0: Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast, you're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, February 2, 2022. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well actually, we have a lot on the docket, so strap in, grab a drink, and focus in on 457. The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart and see what's jumping off the page, but also review what we discussed yesterday. We were focused on this zone between 456.50 and 457, were we not? There were very specific reasons why we started building the case for what's called a full stack. I'm going to start off a little bit different tonight. I want to point something out only because I think it's extremely Important because it speaks to what I'm teaching in these videos every single day and how the learning compounds on itself. That's how we become successful. If you've been in this business for any length of time, then you know that the big money is made on the big turns, not the little stuff intraday. Sure, you can make money every day, but that's not where the big money is made quickly. It's made on the big turns. It's made over several days or several weeks, but you have to know your numbers. You have to understand how the market works. Case in point, lazy swing trader. The market was making a turn. It was rolling over, as we say in the business. Now, we bought an inverse product that goes inverse the Qs. So let's just say these were the Qs. We bought it up here, meaning we top-ticked, almost to the tick, the Qs. And we did it two times. We took profit along the way, but we covered the last portion of the profit down here last Monday. And what did we do? We flipped it. We bought the QLD, which is going long. It's going long with leverage, the NASDAQ market. And what did we do this morning? We sold out. Now, go with me on this. There's a method to the madness. I'm not just promoting something. There's a reason why I'm going over this. Now, go to last night. We talked about 457. We talked about this zone. Could they go higher? Could they go to 462? Could they go into that 50-period moving average above? Sure, they could do anything, but we go with what normally happens the majority of the time using the 80-20 rule. Therefore, I gave you... Three or four reasons why that area was important. And when it's important, what happens? The market gets drawn up to that area and it is overhead resistance when it's that important. The market was coming back to run a test of an important zone for a number of reasons. If you don't remember all the reasons, go back and watch last night's video. That's your homework. Do I put my money where my mouth is? Well, let's see. Again, lazy swing trader. We sold out of the long position this morning, we shorted the S&P 500 at what price today? 457. What price is it now? As I make this video, about 20 after 4, about 454, 454 454.20 in that neighborhood. What does that represent? 30 S&P handles as a head start. How you doing? These situations don't work like this all the time, but what I can say is, Knowing that the big money is made on the turns when the market has big swings in both directions. An expansion of volatility is a trader's friend. I'm working hard. What now? Let's go back to the daily chart. Let's conceptually talk about what the expectation is over the near term. I'm not talking about over the next few weeks or months. I'm talking about over the next few hours and days. Well, if I entered a short position, then I was looking for what? I was looking for a pullback. Am I looking for a collapse making lower lows? Not necessarily, meaning not necessarily right now. This is a trade, and if it winds up to be something more, that's fine. We go in thinking base hit. The objective is to turn it into a risk-free, emotionless trade. How do we do that? we take profit off the table, allowing us to protect the trade, and if it starts to go back up to where we got into it, meaning the break-even point, we can cover the rest, and we still leave that trade in a profitable situation. That's how we treat it as a business. Here's a 240 chart. What happened? They ran into the 50-period moving average. Remember, this was a spot from last night's video, breakdown candle high, 456.57. 457 was there for a different reason, but in the vicinity, in the ballpark. You roll from chart to chart and you come up with a reason on a particular chart that's within shooting distance of a different reason on another chart. You're starting to zero in on how the full stack thing works. 120 minute chart. We talked about this one last night into the 100 period moving average, and we talked about all this stuff. All that stuff is where the market tried to find support on the way down. Here's a pivot. It was trying to find support around that neighborhood, and it ended up falling apart. It broke down. What are they doing now? They're coming back to run a test at where the market collapsed, a former breakdown area. It's in the course, lazy e-mini trader. Now, here's a $100,000 question. On the downside... What are we looking at to achieve for, let's say, for example, a first target? Well, how about the obvious? How about something in front of, like before they get to 450? Can't say they're going to get to 450. We'll see what happens in the market in the morning. But I'm saying from where they just came, they should be able to get back to run a test of a big fat round number, 450. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe it takes a couple of days. That's why they call it a swing trade. Here's the hourly chart. We could see a clearly defined gap that has not been filled. They missed the gap today and they took off to the upside. When they come back, are they going to stop at the gap or are they going to keep going? The gap is right underneath 453. And the way I teach this whole thing, this whole process and how the market works is, more often than not, because of the way that they treated or missed the gap this morning, It's unlikely that they hit the gap, stay above it, and then go back up. On the way back down, they're likely to run through the gap and ignore the gap. We don't know that. We'll watch and see what happens when they get there. Here's the aftermarket activity. And just so happens, the low is 453.27. So they almost got there. They seem to be headed in that direction. And if we wake up tomorrow and the market is trending up once again, they did the flip around of the flip around thing, then so be it. We'll deal with it in real time from an inside the numbers perspective. Speaking of inside the numbers, let's see what we've got today. It's hump day and an overnight jam session. Remember the spot discussed in last night's video? Funny how this works. We discussed several reasons why... 456.50 45650 to 457 give or take was an important spot. They're magnetic, draw price in and at least up front will act as overhead resistance. Now we'll see later, they basically ate time off the clock underneath that spot all day long. That kind of activity was sponsored by none other than the trick trap fool and frustrate crew. Below current price we have the gap. We're setting the table in the morning. This is the pre-market warm-up routine we should expect them to spike into and above 457, which would represent a solid testing program. And the rest you can read on your own. We're going to scroll up, see what we have as the market gets underway. By 9:18, I'm already saying they should get to 457 at least. The thieves in the pre-market did it already. Chop shop behavior expected. We'll let them go and see what happens. They're in no man's land, and no man's land is... If they're gapping up and they start to trend lower, then no man's land is that space in between where prices now, if they are trending lower, and the gap left open from the day before, we call that no man's land. Sometimes they run down and fill the gap. Sometimes they get caught and have a rescue operation somewhere in between. And we really don't know. That's why we focus on the gap or somewhere below the gap and not necessarily in no man's land. It's a less of a sure thing in no man's land, and more of a hope and guess. I'm still saying they should head towards 457 and higher at some point. And here's what we said right from the onset. How and when is the question? Hard to just jump on board. And what I'm really saying here is it's very hard to buy the market high and hope it goes higher when you're already at a resistance area I just discussed in the video the night before right now all of a sudden it starts to make sense 455 you'll see come up over and over and over again 455 is going to be resistance if and when they bounce back up now we have high of day and some other stuff you can pause the video read the notes and go back to the chart to double check the work but i want to point something out 455 is important it is now our short-term pivot and what you'll see later in the notes is above 455 the door is open for 457 and below. It's not five-minute chart right at the vertical. Today's activity 455 is the bottom line, and it was the pivot. You could see once they started getting above, they ran a couple of back tests, and that was the end of it for 455. All of a sudden, the door opens for 457. They played some games with it. They finally got it later in the day after they shook out most of the traders that grew impatient. That's the way this works. Let's see what else we have in the notes. We're going to circle back to stocks on the move in a few moments. Here's what I just said before. This is the way this works. Below 455, the door is open for the gap. Doesn't mean they'll get there, just that the invitation is out there. Above 455, and the door is not open for the gap, the door would be open for 457. You'll see that repeated over and over and over again. What I'm going to do is, again, scroll up, pause the video, read the notes, You saw what happened, you know the concept, you know where we were, you know what's going on from a swing trading perspective, you know what happens from an inside the numbers perspective. You have to know your numbers. One o'clock, by staying above 455, here comes 457. It's just what was outlined, that was the schematic all day long. Stock's on the move. We're going to take a look at the ones that came into and hit their entry objectives We're going to take a look at Square, Gilead, and DT. We're not going to look at the bottom three. They're off the board. They're no trades. Here's a five-minute chart of Square, or Block, I guess as it's called now. So they kind of creeped into the number. They hovered over it. They ate time off the clock. It's a trader's choice. I wasn't taking this trade. I don't like the way they did, in which they did it. But you could see the importance of the number. They gave you some bounces along the way. They finished above it. The number's important, they just didn't do the trade in the manner in which we prefer. I believe Jordan took a pass on this one in the room. Gilead could have passed on the first number, waited for the second, never got to the second. First number worked anyway. Trader's choice, the numbers work. That's the takeaway. They gave you the minimum required base hit any way you want to look at it. And then some. DT was all over the place. It was a no trade. It opened all the way down at 41 and change. Then it ripped up. These numbers are important. They just screwed the traders waiting to get into the trade at higher numbers. They opened below. So be it. That's a life of a trader. It is what it is. Just wanted to show you again the importance of the numbers. You're talking about a stock that was down 25% or 30%, whatever it was at the open. We're picking numbers way far away from current price. How do we know that it's going to stop there, turn around and go back in the other direction, or hang out for a cup of coffee? Because they're headed to a destination, it's not a falling knife, as you've been trained to believe. That's my two cents. Take it for what it's worth. Now we had a little bit of a bonus trade. This one was given out only to the live room members, only because I saw it after the open. It happens too fast. You can't post it on the board. It's for the live room, 26.50 in Peloton. They went a little bit lower, turned around, ripped back in the other direction. Here's 27.27. That's more than the minimum required base hit. Traders in the room were happy. Jordan was happy. I was happy. What's going on over in Camp IWM today? Now, here's something I did not post on the board, but I was watching it all day like a hawk, which was the IWM had relative weakness. What do we mean by that? Well, it was down all day, and everything else was up, and guess what? It's my favorite market-leading indicator. Now, think about this for a moment. You have the S&P 500 trading up into an area. I identified, and I gave you all the reasons why it should be A, magnetic, and B, overhead resistance. Now, at the same time that the S&P is trading up to that area, the IWM is telling you something's wrong. The market's not necessarily leading with indications to the upside, meaning the leading indicators are not blasting forward, but my favorite leading indicator is melting away. Why was that? Well, there's a reason why I kept it to myself, because I was entering and looking to enter a short trade in the S&P, and I just didn't want to give everything away. I gave it to you last night, and if you didn't pick up on it, so be it. The members of the Lazy Swing Trader were given an email early this morning They were given an update later in the day, and then they were given another update later later in the day. This is the QLD trade. It was covered at 76 and a quarter. That was the target price, exit price, the high of day, 76.45, currently trading 73 and a quarter. Apples, I love them apples. Where could the IWM go on the downside to run a test without falling apart? 195, 196, 194, in that neck of the woods would be a garden variety test. Maybe it just runs sideways for a few days, build some energy to make another push higher into the 20 period moving average. By the way, that's completely possible in all the markets. Remember what I said before, I'm looking for a pullback. I'm not looking for the rug getting pulled out right now, not looking for the trap door to open. Not looking for the abyss slash black hole right now. If it turns into that, so be it. We'll have a position on. What about the folks down at the transportation department? They did well today. My second favorite market leading indicator, a number one canary in the coal mine. So they're eating time off the clock. If you just look at the last couple of days, unless they go higher tomorrow or significantly lower, they're just eating time off the clock, running sideways into that convergence of moving averages. Now, the close today above the convergence of those moving averages, certainly a positive close. However, if the market, meaning the broader markets, are trading lower on Thursday, do we expect the transports to be bucking the trend? And the short answer is probably not. Cues, Silicon Valley slash Austin into the convergence of moving averages. Here's a shocker. The high of day was 370.10, big fat round number, and they backed off of it 36250 as I make this video. Just like the S&P 500, the Q's did a, what we call, garden variety retracement from low back toward the high that was made at the end of the year. This is how the market works. There are no surprises, there are no accidents, nor coincidences. Those garden variety retracements are taught in the lazy e-mini trader course. The financials, they're doing well. They're above all those moving averages. The likely story is if the market's going to get hit tomorrow, then the financials will likely get hit a little bit along with the rest of the market. However, what they do with these moving averages and where they stay and settle in is going to tell the tale over the next shorter period of time, intermediate period of time. If the financials are falling apart, that'll tell one tale. If they're strong and showing relative strength against a lot of other sectors in the market, that's telling a different tale. What about Smash Mouth? Well, check this one out. They're weak on a relative basis, can't even get to the convergence of moving averages, already trading down in the aftermarket. Again, that doesn't mean everything, we'll see where everything opens up tomorrow, tomorrow. They could have one of those turnaround situations. Anything is possible. However, relative weakness in the SMH or Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. And remember, they're a great proxy for the tech space as a whole. And if they're still weak and showing relative weakness, it portends what's down the road. Not necessarily tomorrow and the day after tomorrow, but down the road. It's the bigger picture. Similar to how I utilize... The transports as a proxy for the health of the market, the health of the economy. It's a canary in the coal mine from a chart perspective, at least from where I sit. And by the way, have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast